Hi, and thank you for listening to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, This podcast is all about medical assisting and how we can be better, more efficient, and more patient-oriented. It will be positive and supportive, bringing together medical assistants and other clinical staff to be able to lightheartedly discuss medical assisting and related areas while exchanging ideas for how to be a better MA, such as compassion, detail-orientedness, staying professional, avoiding complacency, etc. There will be no politics or controversial topics here. Now for the legal stuff, the views and opinions stored and shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello and welcome back to Next Level Medical Assisting the Podcast. I'm Zach, I'm your host. Uh, Today we have Season 1, Episode 4. This is going to be about uh, electronic and paper prescription refills um, requests and best practices for processing them. Uh, Most places uh, will have some type of this as part of the responsibility as for the medical assistants, although sometimes there's other staff that will focus solely on these. Um, and so most clinics, uh, be it specialty or primary, will have some amount of prescription refill requests to come through. Uh, from my experience, it's really only urgent care and emergency departments that, that don't necessarily deal with them. Uh, it, it's possible that at times they could. There might be other departments that don't deal with them. Uh, but in my experience, it's, it's primarily those departments that don't deal with them, mainly obviously because those are acute care and they're not going uh, to be doing any follow-up. Uh, and so they can, uh, you know, they can come in different forms. Uh, they can come in a form such as, you know, electronic prescription or no, otherwise known as an ERX. Uh, they can come in paper requests or even patient calls or, or portal messages. Uh, they can come in a lot of different forms or really even a patient could walk in and, and request it. Um, and it just kind of kind of depends on how they approach it. Uh, you know, the, the pharmacy may request it or, or the patient may request it personally. Uh, I've personally used multiple different EMR systems and each has a variance in how they how they process uh, prescription refills, but no matter what system is used, at times, um, you know, it can seem overwhelming and, and sometimes just downright inconvenient uh, to be able to do these, you know, in addition to everything else that we're doing. Um, you know, particularly requests, when requests are received in more than one format, uh, which can create duplicates and, and double the work unnecessarily, it can be kind of frustrating. But, you know, it's part of it's part of the job and, and the refills are, are very important. Uh, and, and in my experience, the more detail-oriented you are with them and doing them the first time, uh, the, the less they'll, they'll come back you know come back to you for for more work or that's the idea anyways sometimes there are specific assigned staff to handle these uh, but it's not uncommon for the clinic amazed to have to process them in addition to their other duties just throughout the day including rooming patients or helping with procedures or whatever it may be and there are several components to prescription refill uh, and among these, uh, the first one I have here is going to be the last fill date. So these are all these components are very important, and they all serve a purpose in in why you're entering this information and what the you know the provider what the provider will use it for, and it, you know it, it's they're referencing it for some reason or another as part of the refill. So the last the last fill date you know included with this is it would be the quantity given and the amount of refills permitted, in addition to which pharmacy it was sent to at the last time it was it was filled. 
this is important because depending on when it was filled and how many refills they were given, the patient may have refills waiting uh, and or they could be they could be asking to have it switched to a different pharmacy, such as from local to a local to a mail order or vice versa, or they could be out of town and need a new prescription sent to their location where they're located at. Uh, it's very, it, it can be very easy to overlook the pharmacy that's requesting it, particularly if they're if they're the same name. You know, if it's one is, a, I don't know, Walgreens that they usually go to and they're trying to get it at a Walgreens, uh, either whether it's down the street or, you know, in another state. Uh, it, it can be, it's one of those things that we kind of just, it can be very, very easy to just glance at or just assume it's the same pharmacy uh, just because we're focused on so many other things. And, and it's just important to make sure we're paying attention to which one, because obviously it's going to have a factor in heavily on, on uh, if they get the refill and how soon they get the refill and uh, you know, how, how, how every, make sure everything works out smooth. Uh, the next thing that would be important on it would be the the last visit date for the related diagnosis. So any uh, any medication will need a follow up appointment to monitor the efficacy, the safety, the necessity, etc. Depending on the diagnosis or medication, it could be as often as weekly or as far apart as yearly. In the state I'm in, in Washington State, it's required by law to have a follow up visit specifically for chronic pain, no less than every 90 days. Other chronic prescriptions also have a usual routine, although not mandatory follow-up schedule of you know approximately 90 days and blood pressure, diabetes. It's going to depend on whether or not they're controlled, what medications they're on, you know when the diagnosis was, and stuff like that. Uh, at minimum, providers ideally will reassess a patient no less than annually for any medication prior to giving refills. And so this is something that uh, the medical assistant can, when we're processing this, can take a look and say, hey, you know. When was this patient last seen? What was the what was the plan uh, at the last visit, and are they due for a follow up? And even if there wasn't a specific plan noted as to what the plan what what they were to do, uh, you, you know, you can sort of see if you can fit the pieces together as to what your provider normally recommends, um, and so what they would normally have the patients do. And if you feel comfortable doing that and it's appropriate, you can possibly even take the initiative and just contact the patient to schedule prior to even sending the refill. Uh, the next piece uh, of pertinent information here on the list would be related to lab results. Sometimes this is obvious and other times uh, not so much. And so some lab results are obviously associated with medications such as any like lipid or cholesterol result for a statin refill or uh, like a PTINR result for a warfarin or Coumadin refill uh, as well as others. Um, some are not so obvious and some, you know, some providers deem them important, some, some don't, some you know, in the, for the most part, it's convenient to have the labs in the in the template that we send them. Um, but you know, I, I, I think some places I've, I've been at, they don't actually do that, or maybe the providers will go in and just they, the MA knows the provider is going to go verify the information anyway. So maybe they just you know they don't put it in there. And you know, between them and the provider, if they're if the provider's okay with that, that you know, there's nothing wrong with that because ultimately the provider's responsible um, for for the info and and what happens. Um, but in my experience, you know, as long as it's necessary or pertinent information, too much is not a bad thing. And so there, you know, some other some other things that, that might not be so obvious um, are maybe like, uh, I don't know, a microalbumin creatinine ratio for a, for a diabetic medication, you might form it or Trulicity or whatever it may be, if, if the patient is due for that or if they're if if that's appropriate for them. 
um, you know, a metabolic panel, a CMP, uh, and possibly a CBC if it was done, you know, at the same time. Uh, for most blood pressure medications, uh, would be would be appropriate. They a lot of times they can have effects on the kidneys, and so it's it's something that's that's very pertinent to that. In addition to the the last blood pressure, the date uh, of the last blood pressure and what that was, is obviously directly related to the blood pressure medications and it's important so they can see and recall what it was last time so the provider can and the idea is to give them all this information in one snapshot in the template so uh, you know if they do go look into the chart they're more or less just verifying the information instead of looking for it um, or seeing what it is and going from there and so you know for myself if there are multiple lab results in the same day as the pertinent ones, I will oftentimes copy and paste these to the refill message as well. Like I mentioned about the CBC uh, for a lot of medications, I, I might even do a CBC or a CMP really for, for any medication um, just because it doesn't hurt to have it there if it's there. Plus it shows them the last time that standard, you know, usual labs were drawn and it's good information for the provider to have. And so the next, the next thing on the list I have here is, uh, is the follow-up plan for the related diagnosis as, as per the last visit or possibly, you know, a separate message such as a lab result, uh, a lab result letter or, or a portal message or as, you know, part of a general thread of portal messages between the provider and the patient regarding their overall care. At times this can seem tedious or cumbersome even, but, but if we, if we don't do it, then the provider likely will. And ultimately our goal as their assistant, their medical assistant, is to save them time. And so sometimes it get, it's easy to, to think like, you know, I don't have time to go look for that information and when they're due, and you think the provider knows at the top of their head. But the fact of the matter is the provider, it's pretty unlikely they're gonna know off the top of their head. And if you don't put the information there, they're gonna have to go find it themselves. And so, it, it's just the idea is putting, you know, any pertinent information there uh, too much is not really a problem as long as it's not excessive and it's, and it's pertinent or even relatively uh, pertinent to, to what you're doing, something that, that they may want to see. And so the idea is to give them as much information as possible. And even if they do go, go ahead and verify it in the chart, it, you know, really, I can assure you they're going to be grateful that it's there, even if they're not telling you that. Um, I've multiple times had providers come back to me and say, you know, you're the you know, thank you for putting that in there or, or, you know, you, you're always got that information and it's, you know, it's always accurate, but I, you know, I, even I go to double check it and it's still accurate and, you know, I don't necessarily need that to keep doing it. I'll do it, but it's nice to know because in my mind, I'm thinking, do they really appreciate that? Are they really looking at this information? Is it wasting my time? And that just lets me know that, Hey, they actually really do appreciate that. Um, so I, you know, not every provider will do that. Uh, and even if the provider that you're working with doesn't necessarily um, need that or look at that, it's a good habit to have for when you're covering for somebody else. And so whether you're you, whether you get a new doctor that comes or you cover for another MA with their provider, or maybe you're a float MA or anything like that. And so uh, what we would be looking for could include what was the plan for the follow-up from the last visit uh, maybe it said to have future labs you know if so were they done if they were done was there a follow-up plan mentioned as part of the result or the message if there wasn't then are you aware of the standard follow-up plans for the patient's condition such as i was mentioning previously uh, this you know these could vary on on several factors uh you know depending on um 
depending on what the condition is and you know the status of it and whatnot as previous mentioned um, and so if you're not sure what your provider does and it can be best to specifically ask in the refill message to the provider when a follow-up appointment is due so they make a point of getting back to you about that and and so 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 they don't overlook it or and they know that you're on it but you just you couldn't see what the recommendation was uh, if it's been more than a year, they most assuredly need to follow up. You know, if it's appropriate, take the initiative, send a message to the front desk or the call center to contact the patient uh, and or schedule uh, a follow up yourself. You know, if you can do that, um, this tends to be more efficient and can be. Uh, and if you can schedule an appointment, it will minimize any further back and forth messages, messages regarding this. Um, sometimes uh, what I've known, you know, front desk when they call the schedule, obviously that's a lot of what they do and they're very good at it but some patients don't feel a need to follow up or don't understand why a follow-up is necessary uh, and the front desk is not really in the best position to have to you know explain that to them necessarily once if the questions start getting a little bit too clinical or if they're giving them pushback and so if, as the medical assistants we can call and speak with them and have that conversation with them right there on the phone and obviously if they give too much pushback then we have to you know get you know get back with the provider and, and, and see what, let them know what the provider says. Uh, but generally speaking, we're able to handle a lot of those questions right there at the beginning uh, and, and schedule that appointment and, and be done with it. So in the long run, it can save you time, even though it takes up a little more time at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, so it can be helpful. Uh, you know, at times it can seem onerous and almost unnecessary to research the details and document them. Uh, however, it's important to remember that the, this information is important and as valuable as our time is as the MA, the provider's time is more valuable. Um, you know, something else to remember is that even though the provider may never say anything to the MA about the missing information, it doesn't mean they don't necessarily notice or don't need it. Uh, they may not want to cause confrontation or they might be unsure of how to approach the, the MA about it. Um, they might feel it's like almost just more convenient to deal with the fact that it's missing and do it themselves than, than, than bring it up. Um, maybe not, maybe they don't use it, but again, it's always a good good habit to get into. Um, and it doesn't hurt, you know, for, for working with other providers or, or having that detail-orientedness to get those details there. Uh, I consider it, you know, vital to remember that part of our job as a medical assistant is to make the provider's job easier. That's the whole idea of a, you know, quote unquote assistant. Generally speaking at 5 p.m. or when we are off, we go home and forget about work. However, providers still have an obligation to finish chart notes, review records, respond to messages, address refill requests, etc. cetera. Uh, it's, it, it can be easy to forget this since we don't see it when we are at home. Uh, I often, you know, will hear from other MAs that, you know, the, the medical assistants can't do everything. And I completely agree. We can't do everything, but we are a team. And the idea is by spending a little more time on the details, we are simply taking on a little more to hopefully help even out the load for the provider in the long run. Uh, I, I, you don't hear this a lot from providers. They're not going to, you know, sometimes they might say something, but for the most part, they kind of just take it and roll with it, but I can assure you they're going to be very grateful if you, you know, speak with them and coordinate and say, you know, make sure they're okay with you doing something specific, maybe filtering their paperwork or whatever it may be, uh, and just offer to do that. And I know it's hard to see at first, but I can assure you it will save you time in the long run. It, it really will, and it really pays off. So as far as refills go, occasionally, occasionally the physicians will request 
uh, quote unquote urgent refills. Oftentimes this is a, you know, a legitimate request due to some unforeseen circumstance. Uh, other times it's because they have waited too long to request a refill or they may not have been taking it as, as according, uh, as, as directed and, and haven't been taking it a while as according to the last refill date and quantity. Uh, it's tempting to have the mindset that, you know, lack of planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. But, but really that's not helpful to anybody and will only have a negative impact on the patient and their care and their trust with you and their interaction with you. We are not there to judge them, okay? We're there to care for them. We are there to assist and accommodate them as best we can. Uh, we process the refill requests as urgent and let, uh, because the, you know, the, the patient is noting this and let the provider decide the actual urgency of it. Uh, as DMAs, we're not always aware of the ramifications of missing a medication dose, and we are not qualified to decide if a refill is, is urgent or not, really. Even though sometimes it might be pretty obvious, it's not our place. And so we just send it along, and you can give the provider a heads up that, hey, you know, I, I verbally, you know, I sent this as urgent. They said it was urgent. Here's the situation, uh, and just go from there. But it's it's not our it's not our place to to feel, to decide what is and is not urgent for the most part. Um, and then lastly, medication refills are important because we don't want patients to have a lapse in their treatment or worse. I mean, they could have a worsening of the condition or, or whatever it may be, or even, even worse, they could have a serious, serious um, incident happen if they miss certain medications. Um, they are a necessary and important part of the patient's care and they should be handled as such. And so detail and details and thoroughness matter. And the goal is to save the provider as much time as possible while also supplying the necessary information to them. Uh, a related topic to this is, is medication prior authorizations I briefly mentioned in the beginning, uh, which is an equally important part of the process when it's required and can be quite difficult if you do not do them often. Uh, we'll be discussing this in a future episode in detail, so please keep an eye out for it. And so, you know, it, it, again, it's it's just important, you know, I'm big on, as you can see here, you know, detail-orientedness and, and doing your part as part of a team. Uh, and sometimes it can seem like, you know, the, the medical assistants are doing a lot or maybe what you're doing might not seem worth the time. But I can assure you that it it is, it is. And, you know, even sometimes it might not seem like it is, it is. If for nothing else, because it's a great habit to get into and you're going to set a good example for other medical assistants around you or other clinical staff, you know, other, your, the rest of the team will be grateful that you're doing at least your part, if not a little more, and it might encourage them to do a little more as well. Uh, and ultimately, you know, a happy provider is a, is a, is a happy job life. And, you know, providers have a lot on their shoulders and, uh, you know, anything we can do to assist them really is, is a good thing. And just like we like the front desk to assist us or, or coworkers to assist us or, or the nurse or anything. And so it's important to remember that we're part of a team and to, some, you know, to go above and beyond our part sometimes if we need to, or at the very least be, be thorough in what we're doing. So I want to thank you for joining me today for Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming back for another episode here. We're four episodes in. I This has been a little bit of a learning curve, and I uh, appreciate um, everybody's patience with me here. And I'm, I'm very happy to get feedback. Uh, I, you know, we got the email at nextlevelmedicalassisting at outlook.com. Uh, and I also have a Twitter. I don't have Facebook or Instagram at the moment, but we have a Twitter. And it's uh, uh, N, capital N, capital L, capital M capital A underscore and then capital O official. So NLMA underscore official. 
on Twitter, so at, and uh, feel free to follow us on there and, and subscribe to the, the podcast and send me send me a message or a, an email, you know, uh, letting me know about any feedback or future episodes you want to discuss. Um, I have a, a lot of ideas for the future, but I'm, I'm very interested in hearing feedback from, from other people as to, you know, if they have any topics they want to want to chat about, or maybe they have questions. Um, I will do my best to address those questions as well. Uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do an episode every week. Uh, I'm going to do my best to, to post them on Wednesdays. Um, and so to get some regularity there. Uh, but I, uh, beyond that, you know, what exactly they'll include and, and where we go from here is, is, you know, kind of up in the air, open to suggestions. And so if you want to hear something specific, please let me know. So thank you again for joining me for this, this episode, season one, episode four of Next Level Medical Assisting Podcast uh, with me, Zach, I'm your host, and uh, I will hopefully see you here next week and in the future for further episodes. Thank you very much. Thank you.